Yep. Short Box Nation, Botter here, clocking in before we get things started to remind all of you that if you like what you hear in these Patreon preview episodes, but the 10-12 minute snippets aren't enough, well consider checking out the full episodes over on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theshortbox. Now I know most of you are probably bombarded with requests from other podcasters and content creators to donate and support and join the Patreon, but there's a few things I can guarantee if you join the Shortbox Patreon. First of all, you're going to get bonus episodes, and a lot of them. Secondly, you're going to get early access to everything we put out, video and podcast-wise, including the commercial-free versions. And in some cases, I'll even send you free comics and merch as a thank you for being a member. The other bonus of the Shortbox Patreon is that we've got tiers ranging from $1 a month to $5 a month. So it costs very little to help us keep this thing going. Because as most of you know, making quality content like this on a weekly basis is not cheap. If any of this piques your interest, perks, bonus episodes, free merch, but you want to try before you buy in, which I don't blame you. That's a smart move. You can actually sign up for a free seven-day trial at patreon.com slash shortbox. Look, sign up, give it a try. Listen as many bonus episodes, watch all the extra videos, and then cancel if it's not your thing. It's all good. No hard feelings. But I got a feeling that once you get a taste of what our patrons enjoy on the regular, you'll want to stick around a while. Patreon.com slash the short box is the link, or you can just look for the link in this episode's show notes. That's right. Just scroll down a little bit. There's a whole bunch of great links in the show notes. And uh, yeah, check it out. And with that, let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen. I present to you the Short Box Podcast. Season 9. Yo, check this shit out. The Drop That Comic Book Talk Show that brings you the best. The Short Box Podcast is recorded live from Jacksonville, Florida. Yo, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, record till 5.45, and then we'll get ready for for Chris Priest. Yeah, Chris Priest in the building. Yeah, what? Yo, Shorebox patrons. Um, mm. You know, you guys are a little spoiled this week, you know? <laughs> Dropped a little bonus episode for you this week, and you're about to enjoy a second Patreon bonus episode. Allegedly. Whipped up. Bury the lead or ruin the Shit. surprise. Uh, I got my man Cesar Cordero in it, the building. It's not, no, no, don't you do it. Oh, okay. oh, you wanted a little. No, no, no. You no. want a little. No. Cesar, 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 Cesar's back on the pod. Oh. Uh, yeah, short box patrons, welcome to a special uh, bonus episode. Got Cesar Cordero here with me. I know you guys have missed the man. You guys have. You guys, I know you guys have missed him. Because I've missed him. Oh my god! About to get a hold of. <laughs> Goddard, get, get a hold of yourself, Butter. Please, you're right. Collect you're right. yourself, sir. You're right. Act like act like I've been around a, a beautiful, sexy Puerto Rican yeah. man before. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, All right, goddamn professional. We're doing a little pre-show before we have uh, Christopher Priest on the podcast. Which is true, and a little yeah, and, free, and a little free game. Why does your sound so empty already? Hold on, sir, because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Golly, wow, God, dude, I need help. get out the house a little bit. Um, <sighs> So yeah, we're doing a little pre-show before uh, Christopher Priest comes on, and you know, I, I just figured I wanted to catch up on Man C. And interestingly enough, you brought up a couple of topics before we even hopped on the mic that I would I purposely didn't react too strongly to because I was like, save for the podcast. I thought you were just podcast. being a dick. Yeah, I know, I know. It was it was tough, but you you came in, you came into the house, Not that tough. hot, 
Yeah. Talking about Grant Morrison. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, it sounds like you recently listened to his audiobook, Super Gods. You were talking to me about his Justice League run, which is, I guess, coincidental, funny, good timing on your part. Because literally yesterday, I was, uh, I was hanging out with Drew, and I was telling him, he was telling me all about Doom Patrol. He was like, dude, have you ever read Doom Patrol? And I was like, nah, I know Grant Morrison wrote it. It's a big deal. And... Yeah, I, I guess I, I I pitched that to toss up the idea that you got me thinking more and more about Grant Morrison and my particular relationship with him. And I was talking to Drew about how Grant Morrison, to me, has always been very heady. Mm. He's he's someone that I, I think I would probably appreciate more now because mm. I, I just feel maybe uh, maybe I'm smarter. Maybe more of his no, themes. That's, that's not it for sure. It can't be. <laughs> Probably not that. <laughs> but I remember reading his like his Batman run, his uh, his uh, what was that J- big jail uh, crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths? It was, well, uh, Crisis on Two Earths, right? Uh, there was another or, uh, Earth Two. It was Earth Two. There, he did another Crisis series. It's the one where uh, where uh, do Doom... oh Final Crisis, Final Crisis. Thank yeah, you, yeah, Final yeah, Crisis. Yeah, yeah. And I remember reading all those when they came out. But I, admittedly, they just went over my head. You know, I was, I was much younger. Uh, just kind of getting into reading more of like that esoteric kind of stuff. DC wasn't allowed in your house. Yeah, you know, it was like, it was crazy. So I'm, I'm wondering if I read his stuff now, if it would connect with me more. And you've got me hyped to maybe possibly revisit a huge blind spot in my reading repertoire, which is like his infamous Justice League run that he did with Howard Porter. I know how iconic it is. I think I read Babel or Tower of Babel. Yeah, you're not the only one, man. I was, I, I so those that know, Know that Uncle C is into the esoteric, meaning he enjoys purveying mystical tomes and and basically, you know, stuff that Doctor Strange would read. Um, and I was listening to Super Gods because I was I got I had some time to drive, and I'm like, man, I need to kill mm. some time. I've got a few credits on Audible. Let me um, shout out to Audible, not a sponsor. Um, should be though. Should be a sponsor. We love you. Give us your money. <laughs> um, it's been a while, but. Oh, excuse me. Um, essentially, I thought let me let me get into Super Gods because everybody loves Grant Morrison, to include me. And I've just never read this book, so I was listening to it, and good lord, this man loves comics so much. Hmm. And I always sort of, and he always sort of classifies. It's funny he classifies himself as a uh, frilly sleeved, frilly collared uh, part of the British invasion uh, of artists, right? Um, and he said, it's funny cause he brings up a lot of things. He was like, cause a lot of people probably are in the same boat you're in Bonner. The idea that, you know, ah, Grant Morrison is just, mm, it's a little too floofy do for me, a little mm. too artsy. Now, I appreciate his voice exists. It's just, ah, man, I'm good at, I'm good just with what I'm glad he exists. Right. But <clears throat> the thing is, I think one of the things that people kind of forget is that along with Kurt Busick and Alex Ross, you could put Grant Morrison in with sort of like the Reconstructionists hmm. as far as the superhero myth is concerned. And he's been one since the 90s. In fact, reading that book made me want to read his entire run of JLA, which is saying something. Um, because I just thought, like you, like, okay, this is going to be a uh, a heady trip. And I've listened to enough of his stories and I've heard a lot of his um seminars where he talks about like magical thinking and how he incorporated it into books like the invisibles, which is like something I haven't tackled yet. Oh, it's on my list. But if, 
he described JLA as essentially his love letter to Garner Fox. Hmm. And he's like, no, no, like, I'll do my best Grant Morrison, as offensive as it is, but I think the listeners will appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, the more offensive, the better. You know, uh, that's how we roll, dude. But he was like, I thought to myself, I'd start writing superheroes the way they are, not arguing with themselves and full of the drama and anger. You know, they're supposed to be saving the world and shit. <laughs> you know, what are they doing? Fighting amongst themselves and bickering and arguing and... I thought, man, you know, have you ever thought to yourself, you know, what if somebody came up to you and said, Superman loves you? Wouldn't that feel good? Mm. Like God with intentionality, you know, basically. So I thought to myself, how would I start writing these characters and, you know, not bickering amongst themselves and arguing right down back to the heroic roots they had, you know? That is fucking offensive. I sound like Scrooge McDuck, but... Yeah, but that voice had so many peaks and valleys. Uh, it was like, it, but it was that's, smooth listening. But, he, but it, it sold me. I was kind of mm. like, oh, I always thought JLA was sort of like going to be like the Invisibles or like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, where like, you know, you need a degree in literature before you even pick up the book, where he's like, no. And the more I read it, the more I realize that so many people are fans of it, to include Bruce Tim and had to be a fan because he incorporated a lot of those story elements into it. And if you're looking at the cover and you're thinking like, oh, this is when Superman was a blue energy hmm. dude, put that out of your mind. Just imagine that he's still in the classic red and blue because the while the character may not look that way, and maybe you like that aesthetic, I don't, but you know, maybe you do. While the character may look that way, the voice that Superman has is classic soups. And the voice Batman has is the voice of Kevin Conroy from the animated series, which makes sense. And from Justice League Unlimited, hmm. because Justice League Unlimited is heavily influenced by JLA, by Grant Morrison. So, I, you know, it's funny because I get sort of the reputation of, oh yeah, well, he's going to champion something old. Right, he's going to champion something from the '90s or whatever. It's been a while. I mean, I've I feel like I've dodged that fairly, fairly well. Only the OG listeners still hold you to that. That's that true. Old character. That's true. Archetype. And, and and you know, I was like, you know, let me talk comics with Botter. I haven't seen him in a little bit, and I was wondering. And he said, you know, this was a blind spot. And I find a lot of guys that are our age end up saying the same thing. I said the same thing up until about. Three weeks ago, right? I bought the omnibus. I'm, I'm reading it. It's like I get to rewatch Justice League Unlimited, like episodes that never happened, hmm. you know. And the cool thing is, you can substitute Kevin Conroy's voice and George Newbern's voice and uh, Farrah Fork or, uh, man, her name. God, her name escapes me. Oh, Susie Eisenberg as Wonder Woman. Like everybody that you can like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you know, like. So I don't know, man. I I've been doing that. Rereading JL. I mean, reading JLA, and um, it made me want to read some more Grant Morrison stuff that wasn't that that now I know hmm. isn't supposed to be heady and supposed to be sort of like, oh, this is this is from this is a nerd, this is a fan, and this is his love letter to Silver Age comics, and he's not trying to lose you. Hmm. He's, he's trying to make sure. All right. These stories, yeah, on the surface, they are easy to follow, but there's a lot of deep stuff seated in here. So, sorry, I, I talked so much. No, 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 no that, that, was, that was all good. I, I've got two follow-up questions that come to mind here, and you say that. 
I guess I'll start with this one. Yeah. How do you go about picking what older comic books take, uh, what older comic books you go about reading? Like, uh, is it a particular mood that you're in? Is it like maybe a rabbit hole that you started? Is it, you know, a cat? What's the catalyst for wanting to go back and read certain old comic books? It, honestly, I could ask you the same question. I think we'd have the same answer is that we've been in the game so long that we are now just examining blind spots. Well said. Yep. We are just now, right we, we've been on that highway, we've yep. been in our car, we've been riding, and anybody that's driving, there's always going to be a blind spot wherever you so are, whatever it. car you have, don't matter. However long you've been collecting, there's always that hmm. blind spot. And not necessarily because you don't like the comic, but maybe just because you're like, oh man, I was the, it wasn't my thing, the age I was at, or I was into other stuff, and... You know, and Grant Morrison is kind of that guy, honestly, because after I read Super Gods, he broke everything down why those blind spots exist from a like generational and psychological level. Like, he admitted, like, yo, my movement, the Arkham Asylum, the Sandman, the Alan Moore Swamp thing, all that stuff was really like high art and probably considered snooty. Hmm. And he said, image needed to happen. Because it was the answer to that. It was the, well, we don't care about story. We're just going to like straight action and pouches everywhere. And like a return to Kirby's sort of foreshortening. I mean, he, but he says like, you know, they didn't have Kirby's substance, but they definitely had the style. So it was like, they need like fans that were younger needed that. So that way comics could continue. Hmm. And then as they continued, Everything sort of balanced it itself out. It's really fascinating because he's so he's so not prideful about any of that. Like if you've been collecting for a while, you could almost trace a line. Like if comics was like a living worm, you know, like if it was like an entity, like from its inception in the golden age to like where we are now, you could see you mentioned peaks and valleys. Like I would see like bends in a weird worm, hmm. you know, like, oh, like Goku on Snake Way. You're yeah, like, you're yeah. just flying and like, oh well, I guess this is where we're in the gritty era. And if you didn't like for better or worse, it needed to happen. Okay. You know what? I'm going to add another question to this. You know, and, and listeners, look, I know you guys should be enjoying this as much as I can because it's been so long since C has been on the podcast that hasn't been an interview. So yeah, I'm taking sorry, his brain, guys. right? We're catching up. <laughs> if you, and all credit to Drew on this question. Like I said, we were talking last night, just, you know, talking some nerd shit. And he, had a, he asked a really good question. I was like, yo, I'm going to save this for the pod. If you could make a documentary, speaking about peaks and valleys and the different eras and, and, and your interpretation of it. Sure. If you could make a documentary about one particular era in comics, or maybe just one creator in, in general that maybe sparked a certain era in comics, who would that be? And I'm going to give you time to think on that because I'm, I'm catching you by surprise. And I'm going to give you my answer that came to mind. Brian Michael Bendis. And in particular, that, that what, what felt like nothing but hits after hits when it came to like the big Marvel crossovers, starting from House of M, I'd say probably up until Avengers versus X-Men, you Bro, know, everything kind of in between there. Why not go back further when he was just cutting his teeth on Marvel Knights? Marvel Knights was my was my other answer. I think a documentary. I think there's enough lore, stories, and things to cover in the Marvel Knights era sure. that would make for a good documentary. Yeah. But I think even just one focus on Brian. There you have it, Short Box Nation. That's the end of the show. 
Thank you for hanging out. Thanks for being here. And a special shout out if you made it this far. If you enjoyed this episode and you have some thoughts or comments that you want to share with us, write us at theshortboxjacks at gmail.com. And if you really like this episode, help us spread the word. Share this episode with a friend or someone you know that loves comics as much as we do. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It takes two minutes tops and it would mean the world to us. So leave us a review. Now, if you want more content like bonus episodes or perks like early access and commercial free episodes, and in some cases, free comic books, consider joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash the short box. It's an easy and very affordable way to support the show and get rewarded for being a fan. Once again, sign up at patreon.com slash the short box. Speaking of our Patreon community, I want to give a big shout out to our current members, including Adam Chitani, Tony A. Uppy, R.C. Gamut, Blake Simone, Blythe Brumleaf, Bo Evers, Brian Brumleaf, Chad Landenberger, Chris Hacker, Chris Jinks, David Morales, Triple D Mystic, Dominique Jackson, Errol White, Edbot 5000, Generation Jaguar, Greg Hopkins, Greg Lichtig, Henry Hernandez, Herschel, Hydrus96, a.k.a. Mac, Jay Sinner, Jeff Fremid, Jerome Cabanatan, Joshua Miller, Justin McCoy, Kara Reichardt, Cassie Whitley, Corey Tordeson, Matt Godwin, Amanda Marin, Nick Wagner, Podcasters Assemble, Stephen Gamut, T-Mix, The Wait For It Podcast, Thomas Pandich, Thurian, Trey Namo, Walter Gant, Warren Evans, and Zach Armour. Thanks again to everyone that listens and supports the show. Be sure to come back next week for a new episode. And most importantly, take care of yourselves, read a good comic, and continue to make mine and yours short box. I'll catch you soon. Peace.